Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Arsenal One Game at a Time podcast where I will be discussing all things Arsenal. My name is Dylan and on today's inaugural episode I will be discussing the 5-1 demolition job that was Norwich vs Arsenal. This match continues our excellent run of form of four consecutive wins against Southampton, West Ham, Leeds and Norwich where we have scored a total of 14 goals and conceded just the one. Now it's not lost on me how much the mood around your team can change in football as a few weeks ago I was down in the dumps about how the United game went and bitterly disappointed about the Everton game. But in the words of Brendan Rodgers we have showed great character recently especially for a young team, to keep in and around that top four race. There are many positives I'm seeing in the team right now that I'm really liking, one of them being a more free-flowing attack. We have, for a large part of Arteta's tenure, looked rigid and unsure about what to do once we get into the final third. But this has changed with Lacazette starting in place of the outer favour of Bamiyang and our young core of Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe really stepping up. I was also encouraged by the fact that once we went 1-0 up, we looked for the second and didn't rest on our laurels as we have done in many games this season, most notably against Everton and United, which ended up costing us. In the last few game weeks, we've been more ruthless and pursued those second and third goals. Uh, This game was littered with astonishing individual performances, the highlight being none other than our very own Bukayo Saka, who had Brandon Williams on toast the entire game. Saka was just a constant menace on that right wing, cutting inside multiple occasions, faking going inside, then running past his man, putting some dangerous crosses in, and could have had an assist to go along with his two goals. Uh, Both of his goals came from what has become a textbook textbook play of cutting onto his left foot and he is really mastering that Robin slash Mares slash Salah-esque inverted wing play. Saka's second goal which was our third goal of the game in particular I want to highlight because when Lacazette found Saka uh, you know on the edge of the box and he still had a lot to do but showed some beautiful close control managed to create space for the left footed shot and curl it past the Norwich keeper. We've been saying it a long time as Arsenal fans, but if Saka adds more end product, it's going to be scary because the talent is undeniable. In the last four games, Saka has scored three goals and two assists, so it looks like he's starting to deliver more consistently in terms of those regular goals and assists or goal contributions. Uh, Similar to Martinelli against Leeds, this game felt like a very significant performance, and I believe it's the first time he scored a brace in a Premier League game, so let's hope for many more of those to come. Another player I want to talk about is Martinelli, who, despite not registering in the goals or assist column, had an influence on the game, and this came largely from his pressing and work rate. I think so often we have lacked this real tenacity and pressing from a player since, you know, Alexis Sanchez at his best, and I've almost forgotten about the opportunities that you can create when you do put opposition under the pressure that Martinelli does, you know? It doesn't all have to be intricate passing and, you know, walking the ball into the net. Yeah, 
it can be through the pressure you put on to defenders. And right from the get-go in the game, Martinelli was pressing high up. And for our first goal, he did force the mistake in the Norwich defence, which culminated in a sack finish. Martinelli was also crucial in the second goal, recovering to win the ball back on the opposite wing to the one he was playing. And he got the ball to Odegaard, who picked it up and worked it through to Kieran Tierney, who did the rest. Uh, He tracked back and made crucial tackles and stops many times when Norwich were attacking down our left-hand side, and his energy is just infectious. I really wanted to see him get on the score sheet because he did practically everything else you'd want your forward to do, and I thought he had done just that in the second half, finishing a delightful switch of play from Ben White, but he was just offside. Uh, All our attackers in the game, I thought, played really well. Uh, Odegaard impressed me a lot. He just has this knack of releasing the ball after the defender has committed and that you know split second of waiting opens up a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, and he played some very nice passes whilst also dropping in at times to provide support for Partey and Xhaka in midfield. I thought Lacazette was also good again today and it's a strange one with Lacazette I, I think a lot of rival fans and even some Arsenal fans look at him and slate him for his lack of end product and I still think you know we can improve on Lacazette in terms of getting a better finisher and you know even an all-round player but the style of football we are playing right now suits him down to a T. And him dropping deep at times is pivotal in giving our wingers and Odegaard more space. There were countless occasions where he dragged Norwich midfielders out to him and Martinelli quickly went to occupy the space that he vacated. Uh, We comfortably won the midfield battle today, uh, which was also promising with Partey and Xhaka stroking the ball around with ease. And Partey has definitely started to look better in recent weeks after himself admitting that he hasn't been up to scratch. Uh, Xhaka also played well and dictated the game. I thought there were a few times where he didn't get the final ball right to Martinelli uh, and we could have been in and scored a few more. But besides that, he, he put in a solid performance. I will note that there's always a moment with Xhaka where he has, I, I guess the only way you could describe it is just a Xhaka moment. Uh, so around the 37th minute, uh, Dowell made a late challenge on Martinelli, but play went on and the sequence ended with Xhaka making a tackle. And he had a little back and forth with Max Ahrens. It looked like he was pointing to Martinelli and standing up for his teammate, which was nice to see, but he copped a yellow card for his troubles. I'll be honest, I like to see a bit of fire in the team. And at the end of the day, we scored again before half time and went on to pick up the three points. And that's all that matters. But there is always a bit of nervousness in me when Xhaka does something like that because we've seen it cost us in the past. But, you know, it didn't today. Uh, I would also like to speak about Kieran Tierney for a little bit and the incredible performance he put in. He is one of my favorite players at the club. And I think he really reminded us why he is the starting left back. Uh, When Tavares was playing really well and kept his place in the side, even after Tierney returned from injury, I was quite happy with the, you know, man management that Arteta showed in that situation and showing faith in Tavares and keeping him in the side because Tavares had, you know, earned his spot in the team. But after matches like Liverpool and Man United, it became obvious that we were missing Tierney. 
And it's been worrying, I suppose, in the last few seasons, knowing that if Tierney is out with an injury for a sustained period of time, our left back would, you know, offer not much. But Tavares has shown that he is a solid backup option and that bodes well for us as we push for top four and hopefully progress further in the cup competitions. In terms of the central defenders, I thought both Gabriel and Holding were solid. A fair play to Holding as well. He's obviously not starting many games because the pairing of Gabriel and White has just been so good. But he was very good when called upon today. Uh, I'm not sure what was more more impressive, you know, his performance or his new hair. Uh, no, I'm just just joking. It's his hair, of course. No, <laughs> but in all, all seriousness, the central defenders didn't have much to do and, and were good today, I thought. Uh, when I saw the team sheet and Tommy Asu's name was not on it, that was, you know, a little concerning for me. But Ben White, who deputized in the right back slot and has had experience playing in a right centre back role at Brighton, you know, which is obviously not the same position, but he didn't look too uncomfortable and played well also, I thought. Uh, something I enjoyed from him and honestly I'm probably just a bit of a sucker for this like seeing some fight in your team but there was a moment where he put a crunching tackle on Brandon Williams and after the tackle just you know gave him a little stare down and then I think also gave uh, Plachetta a little stare down as well and White sort of just you know laughed in his face and he, he does have this tenacity and edge to him and I really like that to be honest. I know it seemed like £50 million was a lot to spend on a central defender, and I think many fans were a bit befuddled by that transfer outlay, but, you know, English quota, Premier League tax, so on and so forth. But, you know, given his performances, those reasons I just mentioned, and his flexibility to deputise in positions if, you know, worst-case scenario um, occurs then the money seems more and more sensible. Uh, I don't I don't want to dwell too much more on you know the defense though because ultimately we played a team who have scored just eight goals in the Premier League this season. I mean they've just been woeful offensively and you know didn't offer much of a threat at all. There were a couple of moments of threat from Norwich that I remember. I think one in the first half where Gilmore played a ball into Pookie, but Ramsdale was quick off his line. And then in the second half, when you know Ben White misplaced a pass back to Holding that put us in a, under a bit of pressure, but Norwich were unable to capitalise. But yeah, I think this game was more about our attack, and it has been looking fluid, which is not something you would associate with us in an attacking sense for a number of years. Uh, we just looked comfortable out there. I think you know just how well the game is going when Xhaka controls a ball off his back toward the back end of the game, you know. It would have been nice to see Charlie Patino, you know, get a run out in the game on the back of his first senior goal for the club in our midweek Carabao Cup win against Sunderland. Uh, 3-0 up against Norwich, absolutely cruising. You don't get too many pressure-free Premier League minutes, so could have been a decent time to give him some minutes. And uh, the Arsenal faithful certainly wanted him to get on the pitch with the Charlie Bettino chance, but Arteta did not oblige, which, you know, is fair enough. Um, I'm sure he'll have plenty more chances to play with the FA Cup on the horizon. Now, uh, mention also has to go to none other than... Emil Smith Rowe, a.k.a. the Croydon De Bruyne. 
aka one shot is all it takes, aka ultimate super sub, aka lethal finisher, would you like me to go on? Who came on and uh, made an immediate impact, as he has done for a number of weeks now, and played a nice one-two with Lacazette and rolled a no-look pass into Lacazette's feet, who was fouled and subsequently tucked away the penalty. And, you know, for the third game in a row, pardon the pun, Emil Smith-Rowe scored off of the bench after Nicola Pepe's deflected shot ended in his path. Uh, from Emil Smith-Rowe's last four shots, he has scored three, which is, I mean, that's just as clinical as you get, really. It doesn't get much better than that. Well, maybe three goals from three shots, but uh, you know what I mean. It does seem that Emil Smith-Rowe against tired legs could be a viable strategy going ahead, but that's... You know, that almost sounds like a knock on Smith-Rowe or me just relegating him to the bench, but it's not like he hasn't been impactful starting as well because, you know, his previous five goals have come from him starting. Uh, And I do understand the viewpoint that his recent levels of production in terms of scoring from such few shots is not sustainable, but you would expect those shot numbers to creep up, you know, and increase with more minutes. And if he regresses to the mean... You still expect him to rack up, you know, a few more goals without increased chance creation. Uh, the goal against Norwich has taken him up to eight for the season in the Premier League, just behind Salah, Jota, Vardy, and Rafinha, which is some company to be in. And all those bar Jota are on penalties. So for Emil Smith Rowe to be so high up uh, in that chart is incredible at this stage in the season. Uh, On the victory as a whole, I don't want to get too gassed because, with all due respect, we beat Norwich, but the performances of late have been very good and it's hard not to get ahead of yourself. Uh, And if we want to get in the top four, we have to beat these teams, you know, these, I wouldn't say potential banana skin teams or banana peel teams, but, you know, you can, if you're not up for it, drop points there. Uh, The games against the Big Six are the ones where you get extremely excited for and losing those games can suck a lot, but those games against the traditional top six make up just 10 out of the 38 games in a Premier League season. And at times, I kind of forget that because those losses sting a lot more. And so it is crucial that in those other 28 games, we pick up as many points as we can, and we are doing well on that front this season. Uh, The fact that we were able to boost our goal difference a little bit was also quite nice. Uh, I'd like to just quickly touch on Arteta's post-match press conference and him talking about the players having fun on the pitch, and that's definitely something that I've noticed in recent game weeks. The players look to be really enjoying their football, the team bond and dynamics are strong, and that was something when, you know, Aubameyang was left out the side does seem that everyone gets along with Bamiyang, so him being left out of the side in recent weeks, I was wondering, was that going to create a bit of tension in the locker room? You know, would there be a bit of, I guess, just a lack of harmony? But I haven't seen any of that. If anything, you know, there's been more togetherness that we've seen recently. And, uh, yeah, Arteta has got to be commended for that as well. So uh, at the time of recording... It has actually been confirmed that the Arsenal-Wolves game has been postponed, which, weirdly, I'm not too disappointed at. 
you know, yes, we've been on a tear and it would be nice to keep that momentum going, but I think the turnaround from the Norwich to Wolves game and then to Man City would have been brutal on the team. And now we can rest for close to a week and focus all our attention on Manchester City. Earlier in the season, I think we had you know, a bit of a false dawn before the Liverpool game uh, where we had you know, a 10-game unbeaten run which, you know, nothing to be sniffed at, was impressive. But in a lot of those games, we didn't look convincing, particularly, you know, the ones that spring to mind are the performances against Brighton and Crystal Palace, where he scraped draws. And so going into that Liverpool game, I think a lot of fans felt a fair amount of optimism because of our results on paper. But when I was, you know, watching the games, I didn't really have that same sense of optimism. Uh, Since the Everton game... I think our performances have been very impressive. Yes, I'm aware of the opposition. You know, Southampton, Leeds, Norwich haven't been exactly, you know, they're not exactly the best sides, but we did beat West Ham, who are, you know, challenging or contesting for those top four spots. And I'm certainly going into the game against Man City with a little more confidence than I did going into the game against Liverpool, even though Man City are arguably the best team in the Premier League. Certainly their status as defending champions and their current league position would suggest so. Uh, And they're a great side. I mean, what else can you say? But I do have a bit of hope going into the game and yes I know it's the hope that kills you but what is a football fan without hope eh um I think that as Arsenal fans we've sort of just become like when we see the Man City fixture we just see it as a write-off because we've been accustomed to getting just absolutely batted by City in the league uh however you know that form that I mentioned means that I go into this not as worried as I usually am before we face City. And, you know, at the, what does that mean at the end of the day? I don't think we'll beat City. We might not even get a draw against them. But I think there are things that we can do to trouble City or, you know, at least make them work for it. Uh, something that I think will be vital is the midfield battle and having an extra man in midfield will be crucial. The last few games, Odegaard has dropped in to support Partey and Xhaka at times and I think that will be you know necessary even more against Manchester City. Uh, going forward, there may also be chances for us if we can beat Man City's press. Leicester got in behind a number of times with the pace of Iannaccio and the trickery of Madison in midfield. We will need similar from Odegaard in midfield and Martinelli and Sacco, who will be our main threats running in behind. I'm you know a little wary of reading too much into that Man City Leicester result because you know like Man City were 4-0 up at half time and they were just cruising maybe took their eye off the ball a little bit but nevertheless you know when you concede three goals you know that is something that you know teams can look at and try to expose uh, and that's hopefully something that we can do when we face off against Manchester City provided Tommy Asu is back I think we can expect to see the same team that started against Southampton West Ham and Leeds and so Emil Smith Rowe may have to do with a place on the bench which does seem a tad unfair uh, considering the performances he has been putting in but realistically who would you drop to make place for him in the team you know both Martinelli and Odegaard 
they've not really put a foot wrong recently to warrant them getting dropped. Uh, the only factor it could be fatigue over the festive schedule, but you know, and and Arteta may want to freshen things up. But now that the Wolves game is off and the teams will get the team will get a bit more rest, I think Smith Rowe will just have to look to impact the game as a sub again, and hopefully he can make it four in a row. Sorry again, uh, and we can shake things up a little at the top of the league, and you know, stop City and in their tracks a little because they're just rolling through the league right now. But but most importantly, you know, improve our claim for a top four finish, which is what we're aiming for this season. But that just about does it. Uh, thank you for listening to the very first episode of the Arsenal One Game at a Time podcast. I've been your host, Dylan, and I'll be back after the Man City game on New Year's Day, where hopefully we can be uh, starting off the new year with a bang, and we'll be discussing just a 3-0 loss to Man City rather than a 5-0 battering. <laughs> no, just messing. Uh, but yeah, ho- hopefully we can have... Yeah, some positives to take from the game, even if you know the result doesn't go our way. Uh, thanks again for any listeners out there, and hope you have a happy new year.